On this week's episode of Two Views Movies, we're going deep underground to review the Michael Bay, Ryan Reynolds, Netflix team-up, Six Underground. Want to ring the bell? On the record. Ding, ding. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Two Views Movies, a spoiler-filled podcast from Kansas City, Missouri, by two guys who love watching movies almost as much as we love arguing about them. I'm Garrett. And I'm Carson. And we are pulling an audible today in honor of the uh, Chiefs playoff game. We had talked about doing 1917, but yours truly wasn't able to get out to the theaters and go see it. Carson, you saw it. (laughs) Yeah. But (laughs) in my defense, you saw it and saw it like a month and a half ago. Yeah, it's almost two months now. Yeah. Right. So we were like, eh, you know, I don't know. I mean, may not make for the best podcast. I still need to go see it in theaters uh, to to accurately review it. And then we started chatting about what would make for a good episode. We both did manage to see Underwater, but we were like, eh, I mean, we could talk about it. And then, uh, you know, a gift fell right in our lap (laughs) because we thought about our last episode, our 2019 review, and something that has become kind of a, a hot-button topic and uh, one of your ratings, and it just led naturally into what we're going to talk about this episode. Yeah, uh, Six Underground, where uh, the Ryan Ryan Reynolds vehicle, I guess it's a Michael Bay vehicle, <laughs> starring... With Ryan Reynolds at the helm. Yes, yes, driving the ship. <laughs> with magnets. <laughs> Always with magnets. Yes. Right. But I will say, uh, another thing from our uh, our top five episode, Samara Weaving is Hugo Weaving's niece. Yeah. I, I couldn't Google quick enough while we were there. I uh, I think I got her name pulled up, and it didn't immediately say Hugo Weaving's daughter. So I was like, oh, okay, probably not. And then, of course, like once I actually clicked the Wikipedia article, and you know, I went like four sentences down instead of two. Uh, it was like, oh yeah, she's Hugo Weaving's niece. It's like, God, gosh dang it. So they they are relating, and and she's awesome. So we'll see her yeah. a bunch more, I'm sure. So let's do our usual thing, and then we'll give a little bit more background. So letterbox blurb on Six Underground. After faking his death, a tech billionaire recruits a team of international operatives for a bold and bloody mission to take down a brutal dictator. Directed by Michael Bay, who has done such gems as the Transformers series, Armageddon, The Rock, Bad Boys 1 and 2, Pearl Harbor, and The Island. Which, that's a nice little segue, Bad Boys 1 and 2, because Bad Boys 3 comes out next week. Yes, we could have a lot of Bayham. (laughs) I like it. Uh, okay, cast. We already mentioned Ryan Reynolds, but we have Melanie Laurent, Manuel Garcia Rolfo, Ben Hardy, Adria Arjona, Dave Franco, and Corey Hawkins. So I think where this is all coming from is you had your top five, which you put Six Underground in as your fifth best movie of 2019, right? Top five movies, and I put it as number five, yes. Okay, okay. And I hadn't seen it yet, so I, you know, had no grounds to push back. Just like I had several that you hadn't seen, which you know, at some point you might see and then push back on me. But this one was readily available. It was still um, vacation for me, so I'm like, all right, let's do this. We'll we'll go check out Six Underground. I mean, if it made it into Carson's top five of 2019, I, I need to do my due diligence and go check it out. So I did, and safe to say, we did not see eye to eye on where this would end up being. I'm just sad for you. You couldn't enjoy this movie. Uh, I don't know. I don't know about that. I think uh, I, from what I've heard, there's a lot more people that are on my side with, with where this is at versus where, where you are at. Well, because you're talking to the same same people. No, I'm just, talking like general yeah. consensus, like yeah. general ratings, letterbox ratings, friends. Like I had two people be like, that was really in his top five. Really? I'm like, I, I don't know. I, I, I hadn't seen it at the time. I couldn't say anything. But what no, what should displace it? I mean, we could start there if we want. We're gonna go with my my top five. I mean, are, uh, okay. If we if we want if we want to start there, I don't know if you want to start there. You want to end there because you're you're coming you're coming hot. <laughs> well, I just I took a little gander at your ratings, 
And it made sense why you have Joker Endgame and John Wick in your top five because you gave those five stars. So that's fine. So that left you with two spots. And I believe you gave Ford versus Ferrari a spot, right? I did. Okay. So there, and that had four stars. So that, that maps out well for me. So then you're left with some other movies kind of bundled together. So you gave Rise of Skywalker, Spider-Man, Toy Story 4, Captain Marvel, and Godzilla four stars. And then you gave Six Underground, three and a half, which is what you also gave, 1917, Knives Out, Lion King, and Alita. So looking at it from the outside, and I know you're, you made a statement that, that your top five was not necessarily like always film quality. It's a little bit of film quality plus just things you like, which is like probably why Endgame is, is up where it's at. But just looking at those movies, I find it hard to imagine that you thought Six Underground was better than some of those movies. Uh, it was more entertaining than a lot of those, you know, and then uh, you put, you look at some of those, your names, and I have a, a Star Wars bump or a Marvel bump on those, but it's better than Hobbs and Shaw. It's basically okay. a better Fast and Furious movie than what we've got. Uh, I, I think I would disagree with that. <laughs> I know I would disagree with that. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Uh, I liked Hobbs and Shaw better than I liked... Uh, Six Underground, for sure. Because of the ridiculousness of it? Well, I mean, there's sort of that angle to it, but I think its characters are more enjoyable than than what's in Six Underground. I think that while they're both like over-the-top ridiculous, I think that Michael Bay's suffers from a little bit of being stuck in an old way of filmmaking that he can't get out of that I think hinders a lot of the action scenes that he tries to do. Uh, whereas at least I felt like, um, Hobbs and Shaw, for example, like didn't feel dated while it might've felt generic. It didn't feel dated is what I'm trying to say. No, I felt cheesy is what it did. Well, they both did. I mean, those, uh, those Mm -hmm. cancel out. No, I don't think so. I mean, the rocks holding a helicopter in a truck off a cliff, you know? (laughs) Sure. I mean, that's it's. And then all of a sudden Idris is superman somehow like what right like none of that makes any sort of sense this at least was somewhat grounded in in reality i mean that's that's being very it's more grounded maybe than than hobbs and shaw sure but uh i'm not sure i would call this grounded well what 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 couldn't happen here well i mean first off i mean if you want to start with where this is all coming from i mean Ryan Reynolds is a tech billionaire, yet has unexplained skills that they allude to. So, I mean, at least by in Fast and the Furious, you understand that Dom is an, an expert driver and whatever, or Hobbs is a CIA agent and, some, and somehow a martial arts expert. Well, well, sure, but I mean, you can at least explain some of that away by okay, he's been in the CIA, he's supposed to be a badass. Their backstory that they gave Ryan Reynolds in this is that he's a tech billionaire who got you know soft on a trip to one of these bad places and then decided to start up a, a mercenary squad, giving no explanation for how he transformed from like a civilian into apparently an elite guy. Because it's not like he just does a little bit of shooting or a little bit of magnets. Like he's disarming bad guys and killing them as well. So like, how did that? Uh, he only happen? actually did that twice, and. Uh... And they do address it when he does do that, which leads me to believe in Seven Underground. Uh, they'll dive into well, that. Are you more. sure about that? <laughs> are you sure it's Seven Underground? Or are we at eight now? <laughs> I don't know what they'll do. I wondered about that too. Yeah, uh, that was dumb. I mean, I, I kind of liked what they did in the beginning in terms of killing off Dave Franco, but I mean, you called it Six Underground, and within the first 20 minutes, you're at Seven Underground. Well, no, you still have six, they just have different numbers. Sure, there's it's still just, six it's people to think underground, <laughs> and right. and that was pretty cool. Killing off Dave Franco, did not expect that, and so no, it, it, it you, very, knew, it you knew very, I would like that. Yeah, it very caught me off guard, and that's what I was really because that set the tone for the movie for me. I was like, wow, okay. The now, mind you, it was a 20 minute intro, uh, intro chase scene. I'm not a big car chase scene, but at least there were uh, gunfights during it and different things happening, and so. I liked that. I liked the the people uh, getting ripped by the cars on the Vespas. Uh, it it just all looked 
looked good and different than a normal car chase. They weren't afraid to go uh, dark. No, 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 no. What I can't. It was one of the worst edited action sequences I think I've ever seen. It cut so many times. There was all these like little. I wouldn't even call them lens flares. It's almost like film burns that reminded me of um, Man on Fire, which I, I love Man on Fire, but I also, when I rewatch it, it's editing kind of pains me a little bit. But I thought it was terribly, terribly stitched together, like just brutally hard to watch. I mean, it might have been a fine car chaser action scene, and I do like how they were like hitting people with the cars, which begs the question of why Ryan Reynolds is so worried about the civilians in this um you know, I forget whatever the Tajikistan or whatever they call it. Why are you so worried about people there? But every mission they go on, they're just trashing civilians everywhere, which I'll set that aside. But the 20 minute opening scene is just really miserably edited to the point where it's just hard to watch. I, I, I barely could enjoy it. I was like, what is happening here? Well, I can't attest for your ability to follow a car chase scene, but uh, I I enjoyed it and I could tell that they were being chased by cars and in hitting people well uh, yeah the what is happening here isn't that i can't comprehend what is actually going on the screen it's why are we choosing to film it this way when the this feels like the car chase from the rock in 1996 whereas you know people have filmed a lot better car chases between now and then you could probably learn a few things as to how to competently and more eloquently put a car chase on screen or an action scene on screen so that people can really absorb it better instead of like cutting every like one second, you're just constantly flipping in through it. It's just, it, it takes you out of it, or at least it took me out of the scene. Well, I didn't, like I said, I'm not a big car chase person. So a lot of it was them in the car conversing and building that, which is stupid, which was better. Uh, them her being operated on, you know, and they're trying to dig the bullet out and then trying to, with the eye and the phone and all that stuff, all of that was just better than, you know, Dom racing somebody, you know, through the streets of Havana. I mean, it, that's, (laughs) that's stupid to me. You know, this, this seemed like this is what would happen in a botched mission. I, yeah, no, I doubt it. I would assume that what happens in a botch mission is that they all die within like minutes because they can't drive through museums and knock over the statue of David and whatever. They other didn't knock over David. That time. <laughs> David <laughs> survived. True. They knocked over some other. They did. Okay. So before we go too far this though, I, I do want to go back to your ranking. So yeah. you're still standing by the fact that six underground is better or you would have it in your fifth spot over some of these other ones we mentioned, like far from home rise of Skywalker. I haven't seen 1917 yet. I know it's getting a ton of acclaim, uh, both from how it's made and what it is, but like you're still putting six underground cause you watched it again. It's still on your fifth spot. Yeah. I mean the, the other options I would have had would be far from home. And we talked about that. It'd be Godzilla. You know, I'm looking at these and I'm I'm saying it's better than, than these movies. Ready or Not was my surprise movie of the year. So I didn't want to have double up. So maybe, I don't think it's the fifth, my top five of the year. So, but I liked it a lot. And uh, yeah, I just don't, in my ranking 1917, I wasn't sure where to put that. Uh, whether that's uh, 2020 or 2019. Um, good movie. I'll I'll hold all thoughts on that since you still have not yet seen it. Um, yeah, that's just where it goes. And even above Rise of Skywalker, which you saw like two or three times, and your rating came up, and you told me you might be. A we side. have we have two hours in my problems with Rise of Skywalker, and while it's Star Wars, and I love Star Wars, and I like a lot about the movie, I I really enjoyed. I had a a good time with uh with Six Underground. They kept surprising me. And we'll get into that. Mm. We'll, we'll get into okay. that. But yeah, no, I, I'm I'm confident that uh, I put it above these movies. I went back based on your criticism and looked at what I had um, that just missed the top the top five, and and I'm okay with that. I'd like to see uh, Alita again. Yeah, I didn't really care for Alita. I mean, I'm not sure where I would have it. it it'd probably be a little right around six underground. I mean, once you get into like two and two and a half. You're starting to, you're starting to split hairs on things that probably don't need to be split. 
It's definitely more entertaining than Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I liked it better than uh, Hobbs and Shaw. Better than Hustlers. I mean, I'm just scrolling through this. The Brightburn, Shazam. Yeah. No, I'm... Uh, hmm. Spider-Man could knock it out just because it's Spider-Man, but I already had Endgame there, so I felt uh, needed to to have something a little bit different. So, nope. Staying pat. I, I it, that's hard to believe. I can't. I mean, it, liking the movie is one thing, but saying it's a top five movie of 2019 is is baffling to me, considering all the other things that are out there to be to be picked from to go above that. Well, I don't like your list either. So there. <laughs> well, you haven't seen the bulk of my list, which so yes. to be fair, when you go watch it, you might have some of the same thoughts. But, um, I mean, just even in terms of the general viewing, you know, mainstream movies. I mean, I, you know, us comes to mind. Um, definitely I would put star Wars above it. I would have put far from home above it. Um, I know you weren't a big knives out fan, but I thought it was better than, uh, what we got from six underground. Um, yeah, I, I would have a decent amount of movies ahead of six underground, either from an enjoyment standpoint or a quality standpoint. I mean, rewatchability is is big for me, and I think this this supersedes most of those. And so, um, again, if it was swapping something out, it'd be it'd be Spider Man. But uh, again, I already had one Marvel movie there, so I I backed off. <laughs> I will be interested to know what you think of Bad Boys for Life, then, because like we just mentioned, <laughs> that's a Michael Bay movie. I imagine it's going to try and replicate a lot of the same things that it did from back in the day. So I will be interested to know if you come out liking Bad Boys for Life, uh, maybe possibly even more than I do, because uh, maybe you have uh, uh, a thing for Michael Bay where I don't really like it anymore, and you seem to be more okay with it. Yeah, I mean, this this felt a little different. Michael Bay, to me, from what we've seen, was more PG thirteen Michael Bay. This was a this was an R Michael Bay, and so I, I'm digging it. I like seeing the people rip off the cars and yeah. explode. I mean, I can see that, but you know, glancing through Michael Bay's filmography uh, for me leaves a whole lot to be desired. I mean, I didn't like any of the well, Transformers sure. movies, and I think I stopped watching after two. I never liked Armageddon, never saw Pain and Gain. Um, when you and I rewatched The Rock for a retro a while back, uh, I think you were higher on it than me. Um, can't really remember what I thought of Bad Boys 1 and 2. Pearl Harbor is disappointing. I never saw 13 Hours, and The Island is one of... Uh, it's a really bad movie. Just a really, really bad movie. Well, I'm not defending Michael Bay's filmography here. That's the thing. You know what you're getting into if you watch the trailer for Six Underground. Or if you... You don't even watch the trailer. You look at the poster before you click it on Netflix, and you see Ryan Reynolds and then explosions all behind him. You know what you're getting into. Yeah, but there's a little bit of hope that maybe he has... Um, you know, over the years, maybe course corrected a little bit with what he's going to be. You can still have um, this kind of movie if the story is told well, or if, uh, or I should say, if it's a cool story, or if it's, um, you know, done well or executed well. Where, because like, you don't always have to break ground. It's not like John Wick is overly breaking ground, it's just doing things extremely well. I mean, we've all seen people shot and killed before in movies, and we've seen guys you know, beat up in certain ways. And John Wick just does it a little bit cooler and then tells the story a lot better. So it's okay to put something out there that is sort of generic as long as you, you know, make it look and feel a little bit different. But this just felt like, I mean, like I said, when I watched the car chase scene in the beginning, it felt like watching The Rock when they're driving the cars down San Francisco. I mean, there's like random things no. sitting there where you drive the car through the cart. And yeah, it really did. Come on. Are you kidding me? And nothing no, like I'm not. Sean Connery. No. I'm well, I didn't say it was like Sean Humvee. Connery. <laughs> I'm just saying that his his techniques, whether it's, you know, the, the, the high quick edits or the way that, uh, you know, cars are just randomly driving through the old plate glass carts that happen to be sitting out in the middle of Italy, you know, stuff like that. Like, it's it, it feels like Michael Bay and Michael Bay hasn't evolved is sort of the problem. So you said this is worse than The Rock? Um, 
I don't know what I gave The Rock off the top of my head. I mean, that one would be hard to In hindsight um, divorce yourself from like the nostalgia, right? Like, uh, I, I would say I, I, my guess is I don't know off the top of my head. My guess is I rated The Rock a little bit higher, and I, I would be interested to know how much of that. I don't think I could ever parse it, but how much of that is nostalgia for me? Rocket Man and Ed Harris and Sean Connery. I mean, it's not a not a better movie, but yes, the nostalgia piece. Stanley Goodspeed, <laughs> right? I mean that uh, that 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 stays a little bit in our in our hearts. I get that, but to me, this was the best best Michael Bay movie. I may I may go that route. That was not the award um, I was I giving. I would say it, it's but, yeah. I would say it's peak Michael Bay. I mean, it feels like everything that he's done in the past and then Netflix gave him a blank check to do it bigger and well, not better necessarily, but bigger. Um, I, I have not seen 13 hours. I've heard people say that that is actually good, um, but I have not mm. seen it. It's okay. Oh, okay. It's okay. But yeah, I yeah. mean, his filmography leaves a lot to be desired. That, that I don't disagree with, but I really enjoyed this. Even on a second watch so so quickly. I wasn't prepared to watch it again. But when she <laughs> said, hey, let's do it. Uh, I was like, I didn't watch it with that lens because we had never planned on on doing a podcast on it. It's like, I got to, I gotta one, defend myself. And two, uh, <laughs> sure. uh, I, I had to, to watch it with those eyes. Okay. So on your second watch, what else did you find that you liked? I loved that there was no hacker. There wasn't, okay. this is the most, this is the most, um, secure building in the world. And the only way that we're going to get in is if we hack these four codes of, it, it's just, we're going to break in with guns. And we're going to take the guy we need, or we're going to kill the guy we need or, or things like that. There is no hacker muddying the waters with just garbage. I, mean, I hate that. Movie. I hate, I hate <laughs> so the you, hacker. So piece. you liked it for something it didn't do. Okay. I mean, that's fair. Well, and it, Pick a movie like this that any of your comparisons, they all have stupid hackers. Sure. You know, even if you go, even if you stretch and bring Mission Impossible into this, I mean, you know, Ving Rhames back there hacking security systems is just the worst part of the of the movie for me. And I, I hate that. It's sure. Like, uh, is the most sophisticated, you know, security system in the world and we're in, you know, like that's, it's, it's so lame. It's so stupid. And I want a way around it, and they did that, and I'm I'm glad for but that. But is that off? Is this offset by the fact that they thought parkour was still really cool? I think it's still cool. People that can do that still <laughs> okay. amaze me. <laughs> I mean, I, okay, I, it's more of the the fact that that guy can do that. I mean, that's that's awesome to me that a human being can actually do that with that camera tricks. I mean, I know they're harnessed in I, on some I mean, of those, but but that's sure. it's still impressive. I can kind of get that. It just felt like we're supposed to be in awe of this guy doing parkour. And I feel like parkour was like maybe kind of cool or referenceable like 10 years ago. But it felt like, uh, I don't know, like, okay, really? We're we're still in the parkour phase? Like we're, we're slamming monster energy drinks and, and, and watching parkour videos? Okay, cool. But if you're putting a team together, wouldn't you want a guy that can, can do crap like that? I can hang off the side of a building and, and put your uh, put your speakers on on the glass. I mean, I don't. The sniper's really think not going to do did. that. The sniper's not going to do that. But you want to have somebody that can do that. Sure, but the, I, I feel like the parkour guy also was like horribly underused. Like, I mean, he bailed them out at the opening car chase scene, and then he kind of got stuck in the hotel scene, and I, he didn't end up amounting to much of anything really. But what probably because parkour sucks. But what he did mattered. I'm sure. I mean, I, I don't know. I just thought it was an interesting thing that it seemed like we were supposed to, because there were several scenes where, you know, there was first person camera or whatever on the parkour stuff. And I just, I kind of laughed because I was like, okay, I mean, fine. I, it, again, dated is what I would say. Like Michael Bay came across parkour a while back and wanted to get it into a movie. And this is how he did it. And it just feels like. See, you, you get, right you got real, uh, real negative on this because while it's while it's not new it's still cool it's still cool that humans can do that and sure but i just felt like it was overly emphasized for a coolness factor that just doesn't exist there anymore that's just his character that's that guy 
It's not like everybody was, right. was as written by Michael around. Bay. <laughs> it's not like everybody was parkouring. It was one guy that was parkouring. No, I know. I'm just saying that it, it, it's an indication to me that Michael Bay felt like he should emphasize that enough to the point because parkour was still cool. And to me, it just kind of felt cheesy and dated. That's how it came across to me. Now, now if Ryan Reynolds said, show me how you do that, and then he was started parkouring it by the end of the movie, <laughs> yes, that'd be that'd be stupid. But Well, he, I assume that based on Ryan Reynolds' backstory, he knows how to parkour because he knows how to do everything because he was a tech billionaire. No, he disarmed two guys, and then he shot two other guys. Right. Could you see Mark Zuckerberg disarming guys because he was a tech billionaire, or Jeff Bezos? Well, I don't know their background. But if right, and but and we don't know his either. Other if than Ryan Reynolds is a billionaire, um, I could see him taking some seg class. How many billionaires in movies do we see that take martial arts and then end up fighting the bad guy at the end, or fighting the good guy well, at the end? They explain it. Yeah, I'm sure somewhere yeah, they and, give and them they some kind of backstory. They addressed it, and we'll learn more in future movies. Like oh, why? God, why can John Wick do what he can do? I don't know, but he's now from Belarus, and there's some rustlers grabbing each other in the third movie well, that we finally figured out right. his backstory. The difference is you don't get any backstory with John Wick other than he's a hitman and he has the backstory told that he can kill guys with pencils. Like that's his backstory. They gave Ryan Reynolds a backstory in this and it was he was a tech billionaire who gave it all up to go start a Merc squad. I mean you you gotta like you don't fill in the you gap don't think if bit. you started a Merc squad you would do some at least basic hand to hand combat? I would think, but I feel like if you're going to give... six years. You're going to have to give some kind of information between points A of him being a tech billionaire and point you know, K of him being the leader of a Merc squad. Like It would be better if you just didn't give any of it than to give the one piece and then not at least somewhat fill in some of it, especially because they'd like to sprinkle in backstories of some of the Six Underground at random-ass times throughout the movie. So... But then they didn't give you backstory segments on some of them. So I didn't quite like that either, if we're going into things we didn't like. More to uh, to dive into in the second movie. But I, I think the fact that they yeah. did address it, not just a random, oh, Ryan Reynolds can, can fight. The fact that they did acknowledge we're going to have to talk about that at some point. Meaning that he's not, and, and clearly throughout the whole movie, he has not divulged everything about himself. Sure. And that's That's something that... Uh, he he's that kind of guy. He's not talking about things. He's not putting all his cards on the table. I'm fine with that. And it's not like he did it. Sure. Through, he didn't do the surgical strikes of what the CIA agent was doing. You know, he wasn't walking through and mowing down hundreds of guys. He's like, why can he do this? He, he's not John right. Wick, but he did fight three. He fought three guys and then he shot two guys later. Like, cause I was watching for, <laughs> for that the second time. But it was also the manner in which he did it. It wasn't like, he stumbled into it. Like he tucked down those guys yeah. pretty efficiently. And he's got, he's got some skills and it was addressed. And I like that. It, okay. You have to stop saying that it wasn't addressed. Addressed means it was, uh, given an explanation for it. Wasn't, it was, it was brought uh, up was, in the, the, in the confines of the okay. movie of there's a story here and we want to know about it. Well, right. That's not being addressed. Addressed as solving it. It was questioned in the movie, and no answer was given. Yeah, it was. It was addressed by the movie makers that there's something there, opposed to just giving a blank for us to question. Why can you do that? Like they they okay. brought it well, up in the movie. <laughs> we'll just have a difference of agreement on what addressed means, because I would say if you're addressing something, you are acknowledging or and providing an answer for. Uh, but they didn't. They just raised the question and left it. They they, ra- they raised the question, meaning that there there is more to be discovered. Possibly, which I'm fine with. Which I'm fine with. Again, <laughs> we talk about this world building. and don't give everything away in the first movie. You know, of of it's cool to keep hold things back and reveal it as we go. And uh, we we often say that we love that about certain series. And then here you're you're wanting everything spoon fed to you. Off the, off the bat. Well, it's, no, but I, expl- it's I explained conflicting. why. It's conflicting, Garrett. No, it's not. Because I said if you're going to, say, jump all the way back to the fact that he was just a random tech billionaire and give his backstory of why he switched, I feel like you should fill in those gaps a little bit about how he got there. I would rather they have not really explained that. Because if you go back to A and then don't fill in anything, it feels weird. Whereas if you if you just leave it all to the imagination and then you explain it later, that's a little bit different. 
that's where I felt like it was like, okay, you, you painted him as a Mark Zuckerberg, and now Mark Zuckerberg's able to assemble a Merc squad and and go and disarm bad guys and kill them and do all this stuff. Like that, that feels a little disjointed to me. I want to know a little bit more about how he was able to do that. If he was recruited by the CIA agent to do that, to be part of their squad, and then all of a sudden he can fight too, yeah, that that bring a lot of questions. But he's been working on this, and he's been doing this, and it was all his idea. I'm I'm fairly confident that he would prepare himself for what what's to come. I like yeah, it. Yeah, maybe. I like it. I'm in. Maybe. I'm into it. Uh, I, <laughs> I'm ready to see the sequel. Awful. But you mentioned the... I hope the, there's not uh, a sequel. I hope, I hope there's four sequels. Um, but you mentioned <laughs> the the jumping between all their stories and back and forth and the timelines of that... That I do agree with you uh, was distracting and could have been done a much better way. Uh, all of a sudden, it's you know six months ago, and then two weeks after that, and then you know four days ago, and then two days after that one. But now present, and I, I didn't like that. Right? Uh, there's a better. Yeah. There's a better way to tell. But there wasn't a scene in there that I would have removed. But there, there's got to be a better way opposed to just one dumping it all at the beginning of we're building our team. You know, I like that they started with the, the mission. Uh, yeah. But there has to be a better way than what they did. I agree. I think that, uh, I, I guess I didn't really mind the backstories necessarily. Uh, it, to your point, it was more of just about, they seemed just kind of shotgunned around and scattered around. Like every time they jumped it back, it didn't really add anything to the story other than you learned a little bit more about the person, but it just felt hodgepodge. Like, I'm not sure that it made sense to do it when they did it or even how, like well, you I said, think... because then you're like, I think there was one time where Ryan Reynolds was like, even as a narrator was like, okay, we're back in the present now. I was like, <laughs> okay. Yeah, he's like, now we're all caught up. Yeah. You know, it's like, but yeah, we've already yeah. jumped back twice. Uh, and I just think because Michael Bay decided to do it in a certain way, to where he's showing when everything was just the way that he was telling the story felt like he had to stick with that. When I feel like had he not had this big scene change moment of, you know, six years ago, you know, he wouldn't, you could have told their backstories in a much different way, but still had the, still kept the same scenes that you already shot. I think that that's a cutting room floor problem. Yeah. I, I agree with that. I but my guess is he gets uh he gets final say over all that, so he still owns that. Oh yeah, it's definitely at his feet for sure. But yeah, that's one of my, my biggest complaints about this. That and the fact that all four generals went to Vegas <laughs> at the same time in the same room. Yeah. I feel like right. that's poor military strategy. <laughs> sure. You're having all four of your generals go go meet this buyer or whatever that they were supposed to be meeting in Vegas. And uh, yeah, go have a good time. You go meet this guy and you all go together. Like that's, yeah, that I would have rather than picked off all four of them in, in cool and different ways. Yeah, I agree with that. It felt lazy from a story standpoint. Yeah, it's, we have these scenes already played out. We don't have time to go hunting all these generals. So we'll put them all together somehow. Um, I did like uh, I, I was the second time I was watching of him killing the next generals in line. Uh, I did like that idea of I'd be stupid to trust the people who would benefit the most uh, and throws them off the building. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. like, well, I guess I guess that's true, you know. <laughs> but then now now the two you know two people down the line are thinking, well, they're just going to blame the guys ahead of me. So now I have the most to gain. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a domino effect, right? right. I mean, at some point, it's got to stop. So, yeah, I mean, the the bad guy was just like a generic henchman bad guy. I mean, you say the villain makes the movie, and the the villain in this was totally forgettable. He was forgettable, um, but I believe that he would gas his own people. Well, sure, like, but I mean, that's not that's not a hard uh, sell in action movies to find a guy that you think is capable of, of doing that. I mean, that's just stock villain, bad guy. Yeah. But he wasn't trying to be like eccentric, you know, sometimes they go, go too far with, with their villains. He, he was just straightforward villain. 
Um, but I believe that he was the dictator of a country and would kill his own people. And they didn't try to go too zany with him because I hate it when, when they do that. So straightforward wasn't the main purpose uh, of what we're doing here. It's not like they were going to fight him at the end. He was more yeah. the MacGuffin, I guess, uh, of the movie. Sure. Um, but I did like his brother uh, as an actor. Yeah, I hope I agree with that. I hope to see him see him in more stuff. I think I've seen him in a few things, but I didn't IMDb him to see where I recognized him from. Yeah, and on that line, I really liked two the CIA agent. I thought she was awesome in this. She is um, Shoshana. Yes, Shoshana. Okay. Yeah, from Inglorious Bastards, uh, which yep. I didn't recognize the first time I saw it. And then I was like, okay. well, how do I know her? I know I've seen her in something. And uh, I thought she was really, really good. And I thought she was scene stealer. I thought she was great for that role. I didn't think it was misplaced at all. Sometimes you mm-hmm. try to shoehorn somebody into, oh, that's a CIA person. And they're like, no, they just wanted that actor or actress and that doesn't fit but she actually fit yeah i agree with that i thought she was a good fit i not so much on a few of the other people for me i didn't like uh the hitman agreed uh, uh i didn't think the sniper brought really anything to the table i thought he was supposed to bring more the the moral compass um mm-hmm. and i thought maybe a more i guess seasoned actor could could have balanced out ryan reynolds i I just i thought he was supposed to be a bigger piece of this and i don't think he really sold that yep Uh, i would agree with both of those as well so those are the two uh, i liked them both um but i felt like what the movie was trying to do um that hit me and kind of bugged me at at times but yes um, but the and then the sniper was more just there than what he i feel like he was supposed to be Right. What did you think about the magnets at the end? Because I'll give you my take on that. Um, the first time he did it on the boat, when it like you know at- attached everybody to the side of the ship or did whatever, I thought that was really cool. But by like the sixth time they used it in that fight and the big you know sound effect that went along with it, I was like, oh, okay, we're, we're it's getting to be too much now. Uh, and which is pretty much like everything you say about Michael Bay, like okay, cool, but it's getting to be too much. What did you think about that? Uh, I did like it. Uh, I thought it, it made sense that he would know how to do that. I thought it mm-hmm. made sense of when you would use it. The part of me was, okay, they need to show why you need to switch the sides. You know, if everybody's mm-hmm. pinned to the, to one wall, why would you ever let that go? And right. then, and, and I did, <laughs> and I did like how they were walking by and as they were stuck to the wall and then just popping them, you know, yeah, I, I, I like that because <laughs> that makes sense to me. Um, they should have had like other people run in, you know, and then had to, and maybe they did that. Um, uh, but it felt like they just let that magnet go and then decided to swing it across to the other side. Um, mm-hmm. but, like have a, a logical, you know, flow to why he was bouncing it back and forth. Now there's sometimes it was, he did it because there was somebody in the room, you know, but again, if he was attached to the wall the first time he would still be there. Right. Yeah, and some guys did take off their vests and drop, you know. And so mm-hmm. maybe if you show that and then show them getting hit by all the stuff that was coming across. But my other piece with the magnets is they showed the kitchen. The kitchen was fine after the first one, you know. But by <laughs> yeah. the third yes. one, the kitchen then then threw all the stuff there. But that's not right. a place you want to be when magnets are flying around. No, no, not at all. Um, so around that same gunfight at the end what was your reaction to them being in the helicopter at the end as the person that picked up the dictator? The first time it confused me. Okay. And so the second time I watched it, um, they stop at the boat and he says, we're all in. And then, and then they go and pick up the dictator. Okay. And so the first time I was like, wait, how did they all get in there? Yeah, you know, but it, it did. It it did. <laughs> if you watch it again, it, it does say okay. It shows him flying over the boat and it said, "Okay, we're all in." And then uh, okay, but yeah, it doesn't show it, that it, well. And I was chalking that up to bad editing because when they revealed themselves, because like you could kind of tell that they were playing it as a reveal in the helicopter because 
there were like they were keeping their faces hidden and everybody's wearing dark things. I'm like, okay, well, who is this? Because it's got to be somebody we don't know. Because there's no way it's it's those guys. And then they revealed themselves. I'm like, what? I was like, how in the hell did that happen? I didn't bother to go back and rewatch it. But yeah, I think that it's one of those things where it's like. I don't even know if it's bad editing. It's just they, they really wanted them to be in the helicopter at the end, so they had to throw in a quick line. And they wanted it to be a surprise, so they made it work. Yeah, it, it does technically work, but... Uh, <laughs> right. And so I, I did have that same question after the first time I watched it, but circling back, I'm like, okay, now how does this all go down? Because the boat's sinking, and they don't have a way off the boat. And then yeah. the helicopter kind of putters above the boat, and then they said, okay, we're all in. And you can assume that's all the six sure <laughs> and i do like them dropping them off dropping the dictator off into the rebels i yeah, thought that of was course. a good touch well it was very Qaddafi like yes you remember how that all went down yeah and so i did i did like that opposed to them killing him or uh arresting him or whatever sure it was a fitting end yep i, I did agree with that i like that piece so what what was your major problem with this was it the editing uh i just felt like i think i said this earlier but it doesn't do anything different to me and there's no hackers that's that's different well no hackers (laughs) it doesn't that's not necessarily a bad thing because i think if you if you do stuff the same at its core like you have an action team that's going to do this then you need to at least do things like better like whether that's a cooler story or you film the action scenes in a much more competent or cool way. Like obviously there's a lot of things that you and I have seen that it it just does some of the same things as before. It just maybe tweaks them or does them just in a more competent way. And this one, I just felt like it just took same old Michael Bay, whether that's from transformers or bad boys or the rock or whatever, and just gave it more money and better cars and maybe some bigger stars and just dumped a whole bunch of money on Netflix and just said, we're just going to go at this the same way we've always done it. And it just didn't feel like anything different or creative or cool or new to me. And then I thought it was edited kind of poorly throughout the whole movie. I didn't think the story was overly cool. I mean, you know, I, I get the concept of why they would want to be dead because it's easier to get around, but they didn't really do anything with that. And then even though he's already dead and his wife should be inheriting his money. He says, if something happens to me, then this all goes to my son, which wouldn't that have already all gone to his son anyway? Like it, his wife, it, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just all that was a hookup. It, it's, that was a one night stand. Just, I know, but you would, uh, it, it's okay. Just, if I'm a billionaire, I'm planning on killing myself. I put it into like a blind trust that only I have control <laughs> of, you know, of this other identity that I have. And so I, I was okay with all that. And he didn't even know that he had a son until the end. What is that? How is that what you think? Yeah, I think he went by to stop with her. He went by to say, okay, you know, it's okay to have connections because that's what he was taught by his team. And so I he went by so. to go visit her. And then he, you can see his face. He's like, what is that? My and then he, dra- son? And then he drafted up all and then this he drafted people up to that give his stuff to us. Yeah. No, get out of here. What? What's... I think you knew the whole time. No, no, he was, uh, no connections, no. Um, no spouses, no kids. That's who he's talking about being dead to freedom. And then he found out that he did have a connection and uh, changes his, changes his little mindset a little bit. And now he drafted up these new, Hey, that's my son. Nope. No, <laughs> I got that the first time. So that, that's not a, that's not a second time viewing. That's a, that's a look at Ryan Reynolds face. And she walks <laughs> over to the park and he's like, Oh crap. She's got a kid. Is that my kid? Maybe. Uh, I don't like this movie. Oh, come on. <laughs> I just don't. Is this... No, I guess 13 Hours was R. But other than that, that's the only... Is Bad Boys R? That had to be R, too. Oh, yeah. uh, it's got to be R. Yeah, Bad Boys is R. I mean, but I think that's mainly language. Because they don't go as, sure. as bloody in any of these. And I guess in ni- yeah, I mean, 95... 90s action movies didn't really do. Yeah. But and, so, and yeah. that, that's... Pe- a part that I like about it is that they're not afraid to show, you know, if someone gets shot, not afraid to show somebody gets shot. Sure. You know, not, I mean, but that's just par for the course these days. Parkour for the course. God. Okay. <laughs> that, that's gonna, that is going to transition us into our questions. I am Thor, son of Odin. As long as there is life in my breast, I am running out of things to say. Are you ready? 
All right. So I kind of gave my overall thoughts, and I think I mentioned my rating earlier. Uh, but I'm at a two on this movie. I that, didn't like it. That is such crap. You're saying that's no, below really average not. action movie. Yeah, I didn't like it. Uh, I won't watch it again. That's that's terrible. That's a terrible. Yeah, rating. it was. It, it was. I didn't like no, it. That's a terrible below rating. average for me. So is no, this better than Rambo? The new Rambo. Yeah, it's better than Rambo, but Rambo was at like one and a half. You, is that what you gave it? <laughs> I don't remember. It was so bad. That was bad. Yeah, that was bad. So yes, if, if we're, if it's, I would rather watch this than Hellboy. I'd rather watch this than uh, Last Blood for sure. Okay, we're getting somewhere. Low bar, winning you over, <laughs> winning <laughs> you over. So, so I I ended up giving it a three and a half. You know, it's an okay. above average action Crazy. movie. No. It's uh, there's a lot of bad action movies, and so being above average, it, it's that it does it didn't do things that I just outright hate in these types of movies. Again, the eccentric bad guy. You know the the carpenter, you know some some stupid garbage like that, and then you have the the hacking piece. They didn't do anything on that side that I thought was completely and utterly ridiculous. Everything seemed to fit. Uh, like Ryan Reynolds in the tech side, it's the one thing that he knew. He knew magnets, and that's how he got his billionaire, his billions, which makes sense to me. And that's how what he uses at the end. And I'm okay with all that. It all it all fit. There wasn't something that came out of left field. And so, I feel like you're describing things that would make it average, like that it is, uh, like it didn't do bad things, or it its plot sort of made sense when it came to Ryan Reynolds' magnets. Like those are like default things that we should hold movies accountable to, which would put it at like a two and a half. But that's in every action movie. That's in truly every action movie that we watch. There's some stupid hacker in these ensemble movies. Every, like I said, every Fast and Furious movie. You know, you have you have Luda now that's attacking into something. Sure. Um, like you can't name an ensemble movie that doesn't have some sort of hacker team, sure. espionage, and and that that has these weird villains, and everybody has to be. I just I just don't enjoy that, and it's always like I like this movie, but that gets me every time, and it's refreshing to to not have that. All right. Yeah. I can't. I mean, three and a half is crazy high. I, that's got to put you in the minority on this movie. Nah. nah. Oh, I would. I would say so. I. I, I I'm going to look it up on Letterbox right now. Three and a half. Uh, only ten mm. percent of everybody who rated it has put it at three and a half. Well, because they're on Letterbox is different than the average, uh, I bet average we movie to, uh, I'm just. I'm just saying. Uh, I, I would assume that generally speaking, is it going to win I an haven't... Oscar? Absolutely not. You know, I'm not God, viewing no. it through that lens. I'm just, I, I knew what I was getting into when I, when I pushed play, you know, and, and the people that are expecting something different when the box is a bunch of explosions behind Ryan Reynolds, then, I mean, that's your fault. No, I think you can expect some level of uh, competency or hope for a level of evolution from Michael Bay. But and I think we got that. I think this is one of his better, better works. Uh, no, I don't, I don't know. That's not saying much, but okay. Um, what was your favorite moment? Um, as much as I didn't like the hitman, I, I I liked the scene where he was not trying to knock out the brother. Oh right! Just <laughs> kept punching. What are you doing? Sure. He keeps punching him in the nose, and this is you're not going to knock somebody out. Punching him in the nose. <laughs> that was good. I forgot about that. Uh, I did. I did enjoy that scene, and so yeah, uh, I like that. I, I did like the magnets, um, but I'm going to go with the the brother scene. The brother punching. Okay. Yeah. Well, I am going to go with the magnets, but I'm only going to say the first time because the first time they did it, I was like, oh, that's cool. But like I mentioned earlier, by like the fifth time he turned it off and on, I was like, okay, that's enough. <laughs> it felt like an excuse for Michael Bay to do a loud uh, loud noise and a slow-mo every time. Wow. Oh Were okay. you expecting yeah. uh Oh, I think I ruined my own joke. <laughs> Were you going to say Inception? No, I was... Uh, what's that music trend that was 10 years ago? Oh, dubstep. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and speaking of dubstep, I felt the music in this movie was trash. I was something else that that was my that. other note. I, I meant to mention that earlier. I thought that yeah. the music was was poorly chosen. Yes. Oh, it was miserable from start to finish. Run, like even even <laughs> if you want that song and you wanted it yeah. to say run, they chose the worst time to say run. Like they should have had it. <laughs> yeah. They, they should have had That's it true. when when he started 
like when you decided, okay, I got to run and then have it hit right. run and then have it go through, you know, but it, he was already running <laughs> right. and it was, it was weird. It was a weird spot. And I, I agree. And so it was a uh, fine. If you want that song, I don't agree with it, but you got to put it in the right spot. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I'm glad we both had that on our list. Yeah. Cause I forgot to mention that too. <laughs> um, well, and actually like if it was, I mean, one thing I would change, there's a lot I would change. I would actually say like, don't let Michael Bay direct this, like let him be a executive producer or have some kind of input, but give somebody else controls. Um, so, if, but if I didn't pick that, I mean, if I was just picking one thing, I mean, there's a lot to pick from for me, but God bless the music was so bad. It's some, it's somewhere between the music and the editing is probably what I would do. But I feel like if you've got Bay on board, he's going to control the editing. So you either got to get rid of Michael Bay or, uh, I mean, that'd be the first time we ever said like, get the director out of here, I think, which I'm feels kind of like, out of our well, that, scope of what we should change. <laughs> well, if, yeah, because when we go like Sony movies, we skip, we skip the director and go straight to Sony. Yeah, so, that's true. So, hey, you don't get control over Venom. You know <laughs> that's true. <laughs> uh, so I'll just piggyback on what we we're just talking about. Like, uh, change the music, please. I mean, it's not going to bump me up like a star or anything. But God, I mean, come on. Who who thought that was good music for the whole movie? It could at least get you to two and a half. I think. Because I, do, because I do think it was distracting at times. It, it really was. And I mean, they even tried to make a joke out of it one time. It's like, really, this is the song you picked for the revolution, which was terrible. Yeah. Yeah, which was yeah. the opposite of what they wanted them to do, which is why that was yep. the joke. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, but, so what are you changing? Uh, the jumping of timelines. Uh, I just felt okay, like... fair. And I don't want to say just editing, because it's not the, the scene cutting that, that bothers me. It's the it's where they put these scenes. And, yeah. and how they introduce those and that it's like, wait, so we were four months ago and then we jumped forward three days, but now this is six months before that. And then two months later, and it, it's just a lot for a movie like this and unnecessary and you could have done it better. Yep. Keep the same That's scenes. I, I'm okay. Keeping all the scenes, but there's a better way to do that. Yep. Um, I think we're both probably going to have the same one, so it'll be interesting to see who we pick here. But what is your casting change? Well, I said Hitman or Sniper. Um, okay. I was I was trying to find somebody else like the Hitman, but I feel like the Sniper was supposed to be a more weighted position. You mm-hmm. know, because you go and hunt him down um, to be the the opposite of... Of Ryan Reynolds, you know, mm-hmm. he, he's not part of the first mission, but you bring him in as the, the next part. And so I just, I wanted a better, a better actor, a, a bigger name for that. And so I ended up taking the, the, the sniper out and I put in uh Michael B. Jordan. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought, uh, I mean, Michael B. Jordan's kind of our age. I, I thought when you were mentioning this earlier, you thought it was probably better to have somebody older and i was thinking like older older like more grizzled and has been through the thick and thin of being a cia person so he knows the value of those connections and stuff um well he wasn't cia well sorry he was delta sorry yeah and so and that's why i try to keep him younger i guess you yeah there are older but that's i try to keep the same plot but you know swap out the actor gotcha well i took the hitman out and I put in somebody that I think is better than what this movie would give him, but it just felt right to me. And I put in John Bernthal. And that's a very different character. Yeah. He, the hitman was definitely, I don't know, cartoony in a way. He was. Um, but I don't, and I think John Bernthal can be funny in a, obviously like if you look at uh, Wolf of Wall Street, but it's usually in like a funny menacing kind of way. Um, but I think you could have pulled that off with him. I just think he's got the right look for what they were going for. And then I think you could, probably could have molded the script around him a little bit because I, I don't think the Hitman really brought anything with his humor to the movie. So I'd rather him just look cool. Well, I thought they were trying to go with the international flair. They were. And, but I, I mean, if I'm being honest, you can maybe pass off John Bernthal as something he's not. <laughs> <laughs> as As a Russian or whatever whatever you want him to be i think john bernthal can you think kind he of, can do it, kind of play it. I, yeah. i'd like to see him try to do an accent uh, of any <laughs> of any sort i don't think it works well i, I don't think that, it that probably would. i don't think that'll go down well but i'd no. like to see him try yeah all right what award are you giving this movie uh well i think i'm i think i'm changing i think i'm gonna go with oh. the, the best michael bay movie 
Oh, well, taking nostalgia I, out, I gotta take that piece out. But I think it's, I think it's some of his better work. And again, yeah, that's not again, saying a lot. No, right. I'll, I'll give, Agreed. I'll give you that. It's better than Transformers. P- oh, pick yeah, your, that's just pick your one. Yeah. Right. There's really five Transformers movies. I don't think I knew that. Uh, there's only five. Uh, I didn't know there was five. I think I thought there's one, I, I there's one, I two, three one. with, uh, with Indiana Jones Jr. Yeah. And then Marky Mark did three. Well, and then there's Bumblebee. If you counting that. Well, no, I'm not even counting Bumblebee. These are all Michael Bay. So I, I guess I didn't realize that I forgot about the Mark Wahlberg one before they went to like the King Arthur thing. Well, Mark Wahlberg was also in that. Oh, see, I, I think I stopped watching after like two. Which is, Interesting. which is fair. Learned a lot about Michael Bay today. <laughs> um, and, and I basically just said this is like, it feels like peak Michael Bay. So like the, I think I said, like officially what I had written down is the most Michael Bay of Michael Bay movies. That's, that's it just felt very like, accurate. Yeah, it was like, hey, we know what you do, and here's $200 million to go do it. To are go are do you it. using my number from the $200 million? I don't know if that was this or not, but I felt like there was talk about how much money this cost to make uh i mean i probably took it from you um but i feel like that's inaccurate it looks like it was 150 million okay which is a lot for a netflix movie (laughs) that is a lot i mean it's a lot in general i mean everybody's like going up in arms this week online i think like christopher nolan's new movies got a 200 million dollar budget well right but christopher nolan movies are typically fantastic and make their money back like 150 million for netflix six underground Seems like a worse investment than two hundred million for a Christopher Nolan movie. Well, you had to bring up Nolan. It all comes back to Nolan, <laughs> somehow, some way. So, all right, what did you what did you compare this to? If you liked this, then what else would you like? So, I actually did steal this from you Uh-oh. because I think it's accurate. I mean, I, I think Fast and Furious is a really good comparison. Now we have what eight or nine Fast and Furious movies. To, to make that connection. And I actually chose the one, one of the ones I thought was the worst, which was fast and furious because that was the first time I think where, uh, I think that's actually the one where they might be in Havana. Actually, since you said that earlier, I can't entirely remember. I, that's the one I know where they go driving through the, the drug tunnels. No, um, that, it's ta- that's not it, the Havana one. Havana one's okay. fast eight or whatever. It's the age one. Okay, but I mean, I think your your comparison is apt. It's it's a team assembled. It's completely over the top. Now the quality is where it gets subjective because I like Fast Five, for example. I think that's solid. I don't think Six Underground is like Fast Five. I think it's more like Fast and Furious, which is like the bad version of Fast and Furious for me. Interesting. I think this is better than all of them, and that's including my rock bias. No, there's no way. Fast Five is actually pretty pretty solid in terms of like an action movie. I mean, I don't think I'm any higher than like a three or three and a half on that, but I would much rather watch Fast Five than watch Six Underground. Yeah, I don't think so. But okay, my my choice was The Losers. Oh, I have not seen that. It's with uh, Negan and mm-hmm. Captain America, mm-hmm. and that's a team of uh, assassins. And I haven't seen that in many moons, but that's kind of what I felt like. And I would like to watch that again. <laughs> well, I would like to go watch it now to see if I, one, um, understand the comparison a little bit more. or And two, maybe I actually like that. I don't know. Idris is in it. I forgot Idris is in it. Well, 2010. There's, and Zoe. It's been a while. Look at Zoe. Oh, my gosh. I didn't even look through here. Yeah. There's a lot of people in this. Got some names. Jason Patrick, so have, you love uh, Jason Patrick. <laughs> Patrick with a C. With a Don't C. you ever put a K at the end <laughs> of his name. Yeah, I do remember the, there's a bit of humor in uh, in that movie that I've always enjoyed. And so um, that's just something that some of the jokes are some of the things that I've always said action movies, like they're poking fun of action movies also. And so mm-hmm. it's uh, it has more humor. Um, but yeah, I'd like to watch that again, but it's, it's kind of the, you know, the ensemble of, of people. Sure. I will, uh, I'll add that to my watch list. I'll definitely check out. There's enough names in there to get me to go watch it. Yeah. Zoe and, and you just alone and cap. You got, you got, this this is pre, 
pre-cap cap <laughs> when he was allowed to kill people. Yeah. Well, I, 2010 wasn't pre-cap. Sure it was. Was it? It wasn't pre-Iron Man. I think it was pre-cap. Ooh, man, that might have been right around the same time. wonder when First Avenger came out. 2011. Oh, wow, you're right. Good call. Yep. It's not pre-Fantastic Four. <laughs> God. <laughs> We should just delete those so that nothing has to be pre or post Fantastic Four. <laughs> True. All right. Well, that does it for this week. Uh, I think we are on the docket possibly for another Michael Bay movie <laughs> for next episode. So we got a coin flip, but we'll see. Yeah. Okay. It's up in the air. Bad Boys for Life or or something else. We'll we'll have to make that decision on the fly again this week. But thank you everybody for listening. Carson, where can they find you on Twitter? At Carson Graff. G R A F F. And you can find me at at two views Garrett G A R R E T T. You can find the show on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at, at two views movies, or email us at two views movies at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the show via Apple, Google, Spotify, basically everywhere you listen. We are there. If you're on Apple, leave us a review and let everybody know what you think of the show. Like we just mentioned, we'll be back next week with a coin flip episode. We'll see, but we will, uh, we'll catch you next time. What should we do next? Something good, something bad, bit of both, bit of both.